This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing, all you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's Bonus Burt Show. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. When to step in and when just to shut up, right? We've said this so many different times before that once somebody's in love, man, you can't tell them anything. You can see all the signs. All your friends can see all the signs. Your family can see all the signs. But if you're in love, there's nothing you can do about it. So our intern Caroline is in this situation right now, and I I, I think you might be just wasting your time. Maybe. Um, Yeah, I have a family member who married a gold digger in, like, last couple months. It's too late. Too late for advice now. <laughs> um, so she was married previously, and they had beautiful children. And a couple years ago, he came out as gay. And so they got a divorce, and they've been separated, and she was living on her own, and then she somehow met my uncle, and she's a gold digger. I know she is. What makes you, like, what evidence do you have that you, Makes you believe she's a gold digger. Her previous lifestyle. Her previous lifestyle? Yeah, and just how she just went about her, her just demeanor, just in how she treats other people, and her children are super mean, and I can't stand her. (laughs) I cannot stand this woman. (laughs) Well, what does he love about her? Try to dig deep and see it from his eyes. Hmm. What does he love about her? She's blonde. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> the the bar was low. Wow. Right. <laughs> the bar was on the ground. <laughs> so Beneath the ground. <laughs> to go digging for that bar. What is your relationship with the uncle? Where are you, I mean, it must be at such a great place where you feel like, hey, you know what? That woman that you just married, she's a gold digger. That's um, not going to do you any good. No, I know it's not, but I just wanted to tell you guys because I think it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, is, it, is it making you feel better about the situation? Sure. Yeah. Is it? it totally yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, he, so this past Christmas, every Christmas, they've, we've, we've seen them, they've come over, and this past Christmas, nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Completely. And they had booked a whole nother cabin up somewhere else, and we never saw them at all. And we usually see them. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, you're going to, now that we're married, we're going to do what I about do. your family, and we're going to do my family. And her family's really, really big, so it's, Yeah. Hmm. So technically, has she done anything in this lifestyle with with your uncle that would still qualify you her as a gold digger to you? This is where the plot thickens. Okay. Okay. So she made him quit his job, and he is a very, very well-off man. He makes really good money, um, has done very well for himself. Him and his brother have done extremely well for themselves. Um, And in the last six months, he made her quit his job, take all of the money out of all of the properties that he owned, get out of every single business contract that he was in with the family and all of that and made him pull out, got a lawyer and was like, I need all of this money up front and has not said a word to the brothers. I think your anger is misplaced. Okay. First of all, I don't think anybody can make you do something. All right. So dude, Paul's all his money, quits his job, whatever. That's not on her. He's a grown ass man. Right. Right. So he's the one that is accepting all of this and making these life changes. You can't control her, and you can't control him even. So I'm not even, like, if my niece or nephew came up to me and just said, hey, I got some strong opinions about the person that you just married, I'd be like, get out of here. She's a terrible gold digger, making him quit his job, like, cutting off the financial funding. (laughs) She is not playing the long game. And they just spent, like, six weeks in Europe, too. So 
Like, why, why are you doing this to him? Why? I know. How was that credit card getting paid? I might paid? be a little jealous because I didn't get my Christmas present this year. Right, let's back up 30 seconds. Why are you doing this to him, making him go on a vacation for six weeks? She's not making him do anything. That's the dude's true. got his own balls. That's true. He can go, you know what? Nope. I got a job. I got money. So it's not on It's not on her. It's on him. It's on both of them. It's on both. Well, I mean. Yeah, if he wasn't happy, then he could dig in. At some point, if it's everything that you say it is, he's going to wake up one morning and go, wow, what have I done? But I don't know that as a niece you can do anything about it. Yeah, Mm. I don't think so either. I think you've got to let this one go as much as it may bother you. Yeah, I think it's just funny. It does. <laughs> and you want your Christmas yeah. gift. It does sound like there's something scratching at the surface here. Like you just feel a family member is getting taken advantage of, and yeah. you think he doesn't see it. Yeah, and sometimes, and it's not my own family member. So sometimes the the family member that's a part of the family that's not really a part of the family can see something mm-hmm. from a larger scope than someone inside the family. And I just. I've known this woman for way too long, and (laughs) she ain't good. The scouting report is just bad. It is. It's so bad. Does the rest of the family feel the same way? No. It's just you. Just me. Okay. Because they don't know about her back history. All right. And she's shady. She is shady. (laughs) Shady. Yeah, I feel like you just have to sit this one out. I think on top Mm -hmm. of, like, you thinking she's taking advantage of him and all this stuff, also, like, you miss your uncle. Like, he's not there. So when somebody takes somebody away, it's easy to blame them as the culprit when you also need to kind of hold him accountable for his actions. Mm -hmm. That's true. That is true. Are you going to let your uncle do his thing, or are you going to really try to jump in there and and tell him something? I mean, if she comes to my 30th, then I'll be okay. (laughs) To New York. So if she she does that, I'll let it go. Just send this segment to him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even have to have a face-to-face with him. The Burt Show. All right, so should Abby be looking for a guy that has the same characteristics as her dad? That was sort of the premise yesterday in an email that we got. Yeah, thank God I like my dad because otherwise this would have been a very difficult assignment. So I had to make a list of the good, the bad, and the things I'd be willing to let slide based off my dad's characteristics. Let me say, make one observation about this 30-day challenge that I gave you to, like, not pay attention to dudes, just live by yourself. You know, when you go to a bar, ignore guys. Mo and I are under the impression we kind of feel like the universe will attract guys to you when you don't want them, right? Mm-hmm. That might be happening for you. However, listeners have tripled their efforts towards me to set you <laughs> up with guys now <laughs> in my DMs. Have you guys noticed this? Yes. L- more lately? Yes. It's nice that it's not coming to me because it's way more awkward when I have to shoot him down because when it's from from y'all, it's not personal. It's just like, well, she's she's giving up guys. She's giving up guys. When they come to me and they send me a picture of their son and he's an uggo. No, I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, they don't send me photos, which I wish they would because then I can know if they're cute or not. Um, I feel always... I, f- I feel this weird, like, I want to be a people pleaser because they're a listener. I'm like, oh, of course I'll date your son because I want to make everybody happy. But oh, then- that'll pass. Yeah. And then there's a side of me that's like, I don't want to date your son. Yeah, I don't know what the phenomenon is. Like, now everybody feels challenged to set you up, <laughs> but now they're not going to you. They're going to the rest of us. Well, it's nice. You guys can filter them out for me. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, I have my list of the good and the bad, the things I'm willing to let slide. So we'll start with the good for for qualities from my dad that I think would make, uh, would be a great quality to have in a future partner. The first one is that my dad is tall. Uh, <laughs> he's six one. I uh, know the first thing. So actually I called my mom up and I was like, hey, I've got this assignment where I have to talk about all the good things about dad. And we, the, we both came up with the first thing on our list. Like we had to brainstorm for like 10 minutes. We're like, what do we like about him? And he's just, he's <laughs> He's nice. But the first thing that we both said, it was like jinx, is that my dad has integrity. My dad always does what he says he's going to do. To me, that's such an attractive quality because I've dated a lot of guys that have like vocalized that that's a hard thing for them. And I'm like, literally, how is it's basic (laughs) existence? Like do the things that you say that you're going to do. But my dad also um, has a lot of selfless qualities as well. Like my dad used to work for the Texas Rangers. My dad chased his dream to work in baseball. And when he realized that that dream couldn't fund the family, um, he gave that up and he, he decided to go into the world's worst profession, insurance, <laughs> just so he could make money to be able to afford, you know, uh, us being able to live and go to college. And so I have a lot to be grateful for that. My dad also 
always has my mom's back. That's a quality that I really appreciate my dad because I, as a single person, you show up to a lot of events where there's a lot of couples and you really feel that isolation anytime you go to like a family reunion or a wedding. Everybody is paired off. Everybody has somebody in their corner and it really concentrates that feeling of, oh yeah, I'm here by myself, which is fine most of the time. But you know, if there's like a family altercation, it'd be nice for someone to be like, yeah, what's going on here is a little Mm -hmm. ridiculous. I'm on your side. Uh, My dad also has a really great sense of humor. My dad's a funny guy. And he's also a very thoughtful gift giver. Like when my parents had their 25th anniversary, 25 days leading up to the anniversary, he gave her a new gift every day. Oh, and it was oh this guy. It's so cute. And I helped him with some of the gifts, but like one of the ones he gave my mom was she has a marquee diamond on her engagement ring and our family number is four. So he gave her a small necklace with four marquee diamonds on it and little pearls for her birthstone. So it was really cute. He's just very thoughtful. He knows how to give a good gift. And the last one on the good list is my dad is very driven, very ambitious. I cannot date a loser. I cannot date a man who has no drive to do anything in life. It would just, I I don't know. I'm a big believer in iron sharpens iron. And if I don't feel like a guy is mentally challenging me, I'm going to get bored. I'm going to get real bored. So those are all the good ones. Uh, The bad ones, uh, my dad doesn't exercise. Would love for him to lift a weight. (laughs) Does he look good though? Um, Yeah. I mean, my dad's a good looking dude. Like he's like a classic Think of like a basic old white guy. That's what my dad looks like. So he's he's in the average, he's above average, but I want him to be around for a while. So I need him to like, you know, lift a weight, go for a walk <laughs> once a week. That would be great. Your mom must be all over him because what you've told us is that she's really health conscious, right? So health conscious. Like it's yeah. crazy to me that these two have gotten together. So I'm hoping some of it rubs off of my dad. Um, it's been 30 years, so I don't think it's going to. <laughs> keep but hope we'll, alive. We'll, we'll keep the hope alive. <laughs> Never give up. My dad also has sleep apnea, so he's a mm. super loud snore. That for me, I, I don't care how hot the dude is, I would break up with him on the spot. I cannot <laughs> sleep next to a loud snore. Um, he also needs some Software updates. He's an old white guy. Sometimes you got to educate him on the wokeness of 2024. He needs a new operating system. He he needs a software update every now and then. Um, And he's a little bit of an enabler. My dad's a little bit of an enabler. Sometimes when when we're at family reunions and there's certain behaviors going on, my dad just kind of sits back and lets things happen. Um, He needs needs to grow a spine. And then the things I'm willing to let slide, my dad drives a D-bag truck. He drives one of those big-ass Ford F-150s. It's all black. It's black on the inside. It's... It is a D-bag truck. I could never date a man who drives that car. No, you could because you're going to let it slide. I'm going to let it slide. Yes, you're right. You're right. This is the not let it slide category. Uh Yes. And the last thing that I'm willing to let slide is my dad's niche taste in music. He loves like specific bands from the 70s, like Steely Dan. It's a lot of like yacht rock music, Uh which I can live with, but I don't personally enjoy. Okay. So that's my list. So that's the new thing that I'm going to be looking for in 20 days when this boy Variety is up. So now that gives you a blueprint. It does. It's a good blueprint, too. It's a very good blueprint. I think so. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. This might be the most King Charles thing to ever happen to King Charles. After 75 years of being his mom, it's mom's intern, this happens. Poor guy. So Buckingham Palace announced yesterday that 75-year-old King Charles III has cancer. It's really heartbreaking news. They didn't tell us what type, but they are saying that the prognosis is reportedly pretty good. It was caught very early. It was discovered during a procedure for an enlarged prostate, and the palace is saying he remains wholly positive about his treatment and looks forward to returning to full public duty as soon as possible. His Majesty has chosen to share his diagnosis to prevent speculation and in the hope it may assist public understanding for all those around the world who are affected by cancer. He's also cutting off all of his public facing duties but something interesting I saw is that Prince Harry is actually going to travel to visit his father obviously Meghan's probably not coming with him but a lot of people are speculating that this could lead to basically like a truce between he Mm. and William Um, an oncologist did come out and speak about the the prognosis for King Charles and said you know it's never good when someone his age is diagnosed with cancer it is never a good day when you find out that you have cancer. So regardless of how serious or not serious this is, this is probably very traumatic to the entire royal family. Anyone of King Charles's age who is diagnosed with cancer, you, all, you always get concerned. But hopefully it is a curable form of cancer and that he'll be able to beat it. 
I will say there's a really weird conspiracy theory going around. I don't know if you guys know who the influencer Trisha, Trisha Paytas is. Mm-mm. Have you ever heard of her? Anyway, no. she's like a YouTuber. And um, last time she had a baby, it was right around the time that Queen Elizabeth had passed away. So there's this conspiracy theory that Queen Elizabeth has been reincarnated as her baby. And so guess who just announced a pregnancy a couple of weeks ago? Trisha Paytas. So now everybody's like, oh, my God, Trisha Paytas is taking down the royal family. Oh, wow. <laughs> What a total rage. Um, So I I saw this news on social media and um, I went into the comments of, I I can't remember what publication. Why would you do that? I I don't know. Um, But I did. And so if I can just, I don't know if I would consider this a PSA, but something to think about. Um, Cancer is not karma. And for anybody to say that mm. is very disrespectful to those that have lost somebody to cancer. Um, a lot of people are saying that this is his karma for the way he treated Princess Diana. And I don't think they're thinking fully how um, offensive that comic could potentially be and how inflammatory that comic could be. I get if you don't like him, whatever. Um, and some people believe in karma, some people don't. Um, I saw other people responding. So Princess Diana, she died in the car crash. Was that car crash karma for something? Like, mm. it's just, it's it's a really thoughtless thing to say. And as somebody's, you know, somebody who has a dad who died of cancer and who works with a nonprofit with kids that have chronic and terminal illnesses, cancer is not karma. Yeah, if you're taking time out of your day to write something nasty like that um, on social media about a person, somebody's father, you know, um, you're just a flawed human being. <laughs> I mean, it's really time to take a look at your life and go, what is missing here that this is the only place that I'm like, hey, look at me. You're miserable. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. He's somebody's father. He's somebody's grandfather. So um, our hearts are going out to King Charles. And it sounds like they're really hopeful that this is something he's going to be able to get over pretty quick or not pretty quickly. But it doesn't seem like this is something that's co- right now Mm -hmm. urgent pressing it doesn't sound like it's a a horrible diagnosis so um hopefully he's able to recover from this as soon as possible to talk about taylor swift and travis kelsey it's your breaking davis news now on the bird show pivot to my favorite couple of all time (laughs) travis kelsey met with the press yesterday and he obviously got asked about his girlfriend taylor swift for winning grammys and he said that he's got to keep up now with the super bowl coming up She's unbelievable. She's uh, she's rewriting the history books herself. Uh, I told her I'll have to hold up my end of the bargain and come home with some hardware, too. And he even said that he's heard some of her new album. Um, I have heard some of it, yes, and it is unbelievable. I can't wait for uh, her to shake up the world when it finally drops. Oh, I can't give you anything. My, I, leave, I, leave, I leave that up to her. Personally, I just want to know what songs about him that he's heard. Abby, it's Sunday. The game is over. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl, right? All cameras on Travis. Taylor's on the sideline also. They hug. He gets down on a knee. No, he doesn't. Oh, my God, no. Everyone and he proposes. No. Everyone keeps no saying on the 50-yard line he's going to propose. This is not happening. Let the two <laughs> lovebirds live in peace. They haven't even been together a year. You when know, they, you know. When they've been together a year, call me up. That's what I'll be picking out engagement rings for her. Do you think football players would receive that the same way that people do at their weddings when someone else proposes at their wedding? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you stole our, their Super Bowl <laughs> you stole the Super Bowl title. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> would be like, yo, dude. What are you doing, oh, <laughs> we, we, we just got a ring. We don't need another one. Oh, good call. I didn't think about that. That insane. All right, this celeb may try to save his reputation with a tell-all Oprah interview. I'll tell you who may end up going down the same route as Harry and Meghan on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. It's time for a public apology, not for a co-worker, not even for a celebrity, for an icon that Mo might have been disrespecting for years and years and years. I've, I've been disrespecting a legend, and, um... I got to make it right. It's it's Black History Month. So technically, I think I owe more than one person an apology. I think I owe black people everywhere an apology. <laughs> I, owe, I owe my grandmother an apology. Uh, I owe Katie an apology who has stood on in the moment our our podcast and told me for years that I was wrong. And I was I, I believe this wholeheartedly. And I think that he finally has beat the allegations of him being able to see. 
I finally believe that Stevie Wonder is actually blind. <laughs> what? Well, what do you mean you finally years. believe? Huh? <laughs> you what do you mean you finally? I know you've been a, like been a part of this conspiracy theory. Uh-huh. That he can actually see. <laughs> yeah. But Maurice, uh-huh. Maurice Mitchell. Yes. Was what's turned you around? Okay. Was it was it a gimmick? This this blind thing a gimmick to sort of sidestep us and take our attention away from clearly his lack of talent. <laughs> <laughs> now, while the talent is clearly there, yes, okay, that's obvious, right? No one can deny Stevie Wonder's amazing <laughs> ability to create music. However, I didn't think the whole blind thing hurt. I didn't think it hurt him. <laughs> I thought I thought it might have helped. And in the yeah. fifty years that he's been in this spot. There's been a lot of people who have been on my side here, in what, my defense. And what have they pointed to to say, see, clearly, <laughs> clearly, Stevie Wonder can see. I'm glad you asked. So there once was Lionel Richie, who said that he saw Stevie Wonder back his car out of his driveway and also put a cassette in the cassette tape to do it. <laughs> there was that, right? There was Anthony Anderson, who said once that he was hanging out with Stevie Wonder, and Stevie Wonder walked directly up to him. Like, and it wasn't like he was close to him. He, he walked all the way up to him by himself and said, point me in the direction of a piano. And Anthony felt like, well, Stevie, if you could find me, then why can't you find the piano? He also said they played basketball together, and Stevie somehow won. <laughs> You'd have to be the worst basketball player ever. ever. Of all time, I right? would never tell that story to anybody. Absolutely right? not. A blind guy beat me in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a politician and military officer who has said that he has seen with his own eyes. He has seen Stevie Wonder fly a plane. Whatever. Stevie Wonder has admitted himself that he has flown a plane. Okay, but that don't you, when you fly a plane, like, did he do takeoff and landing? Or was he just up in the air holding the controls while they were floating through the air? All they said was that Stevie clearly can fly a plane better than most because he had no fear because he couldn't see anything. That's oh. what they said. Okay. That's the information I got. Mostly instruments, too. I mean, once yes. you're in the air, you hit autopilot. So he might have been just sitting in the seat. Now, there's the famous <laughs> incident. This is the one that took me over the top where he's up there on stage and he's singing with all of these talented people. And Paul McCartney accidentally knocks a microphone over while he's trying to run off the stage. Stevie Wonder is like a couple of feet from the microphone, reaches out his hand, and catches the microphone. <laughs> I don't believe this. This that, is called That's on- a fact. That's on video. That's on video. They were at the White House. Weren't they performing at I the White House? They were at the White House. That is on video. You can Google that. I'm gonna Google that. He catches the microphone. How did he know the <laughs> microphone was falling? And how did he catch it like that? See, so I've watched that video numerous times and I know exactly what you're talking about. And I thought Paul McCartney caught it, but Stevie's hand was just out and it looked like he caught it, but it was actually Paul that did. That was Stevie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch it again. Now, if that wasn't enough, okay. the one that really took it over the top was this video of Shaq telling his Stevie Wonder experience when he got in the elevator. I'm going to tell you Stevie Wonder story, but you're not going to believe it. Come on, man. No, I, 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 I know. I know no, the story. He's got to tell it. I wouldn't he's got to tell it, Ernie. He's got to know the story. He told me he's got to tell a story. All right. He's go got to tell a story. So, it's a true story. It's, it's a true it's story. A, so... According to Shaq. We live in the building on Wilshire. So you park your car in the valets down there. So I'm already in the building. I'm coming through the lobby. Door opens. This TV wonder. He comes in, says, what's up, Shaq? <laughs> presses the button. Oh, it's Presses the button, gets off on the floor, buys stuff, goes to his room. I went and called every person I knew and told him to turn over <laughs> No, bro, he got on the other thing. He's like, what's up, Shaq? How you doing, big dog? You know what I mean? And bad, yes, he did. Yep. How you know that was Shaq? <laughs> How did he know? Is it possible somebody whispered in his ear like, hey, Shaq's in that elevator. Just want to let you know. They was by themselves. See, now we all have come up with these superpowers that Stevie somehow has, and that is what's made me skeptical. But in recent times, a video went viral of Stevie attempting to hand Mariah Carey a microphone. I don't know if you guys have seen it. (laughs) And she comes out, and he clearly was instructed to hand her the microphone so that she can go on and give her speech. I don't know if she didn't get that memo or if she just forgot that that was the plan, but there was another microphone that was in front of them in which it was a standalone microphone, so she didn't really need the microphone that Stevie was trying to hand her. So she walked to that microphone, and she's already talking. 
She's already like halfway through her speech at this point. And poor Stevie is still back there trying to hand Mariah <laughs> <laughs> the microphone. And he has no idea like that this that she has moved on and has no need for this microphone anymore. So it's almost so embarrassing that he would certainly not put himself in that situation unless it was legit. One thousand percent. It's the only time I've ever seen him actually be human. And so I it went viral and it was like it was someone's way of saying to everyone who for the last 50 years have not believed that Stevie Wonder is blind, here you go. And I realized then I owe that man a legend, an icon, a full-blown apology. I'm sorry, Stevie. Apologize to him as though he was listening in the car that he's driving right now. <laughs> right at him. Uh, Stevie, my grandmother has uh, put you uh, 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 on. Huh? Mr. Wonder. Mr. Wonder. If you are wondering if this is a genuine apology, it, it certainly is. Uh, I've been listening to you my entire life. My, you are my, my grandmother's idol. You are also mine. And um, you can't see, man. You're just that talented. <laughs> all right? You're that incredible. You're that amazing. And I should have accepted it for what it really was. I am sorry to Mr. Wonder. It's done. It's done. Uh, it's, all right. it's behind all you. Right. It's never, all right. it's never I feel too better. late for an apology, friend. Thank you. All right. The Bird Show. All right, so this dude emailed us, and he is really enjoying his new relationship. He li- She's checking all the boxes. Everything seems to be great. But when he spends some time at her place, there is one thing that is absolutely driving him crazy, and he's wondering if he could ask her, you got to get rid of this. Uh, if you want to get in on, the, in on this, one eight five five 855 Hey, Bird Show. I'm a regular listener, and I love listening every morning for my daily dose of laughs and insights. Abby, stay strong. This dating life is not for the week. You guys are really bringing it this week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been dealing with a little situation in my personal life, and I thought, who better to turn to than you guys for some advice? I've been dating this guy, Brent, for about four months now. And overall, things have been pretty smooth sailing. We have a lot in common, enjoy spending time together, and I've really enjoyed getting to know him. But recently, we encountered a bit of a, well, let's call it a bedroom conundrum. Mm, Conundrum. You see, Brent has never stayed the night at my place. And initially, I figured it was just a matter of comfort or preference. However, when I finally asked him about it, he dropped the bombshell. He's uncomfortable sleeping in a bed where I've been with other guys. Yeah, I know. It caught me off guard, too. And this is from Ashley, so it is a woman talking about a guy. Um, His proposed solution, he's offered to buy me a brand new mattress. (laughs) Now, I'll admit, up until this point, Brent hasn't come across as controlling or anything. He's generally pretty laid back, but this request definitely raised some red flags for me. So here's where I need your advice. Is this a glimpse into a potentially controlling future with him? Should I accept the mattress and just go on with the relationship as usual? Or do you think I should pump the brakes and reassess things? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the show. Bummed in my bedroom from Ashley. (laughs) I would take the mattress. You know how expensive mattresses are? Oh my God. And he's going to give it to you for free? Hmm. I would be taking him to the the chicest part of the mattress firm. We would be testing out all the mattresses. (laughs) All the pillow tops. We'd be getting all the pillow tops, the memory foams. I'd be coming home with a Mac Daddy mattress. And, you know, I would just get over the fact that it's uh, coming from a place of misogyny. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This would be a huge red flag for me. Um, It... I'm not saying it's controlling, but, and okay, that's his preference, I guess, but it feels a a little manipulative for some reason. Like, we all have a past. If he can't get over your past, how is he going to be a part of your future? It just doesn't, it's, it, it. And see, controlling isn't the right word either. Either I just feel like it's so over the top and so unnecessary that if this is an issue to him, what else is going to be an issue to him in the future? Uh, this is a tough one. <laughs> I, uh, um, hey. We might have ourselves a gender difference here because I, I, I'm in your camp here right now, Ma. You, you know what? And ironically, uh, this happened to me and I was on the other side of it. So... And she she was a lot similar to this. She wasn't controlling in other areas at all. But 
that was one thing that she was serious about. She would not lay in my bed if she if it was the same bed that I had a past in. She would not do it. God, if you had to change your mattress after every partner, that's ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong, mattress firm would be loving life. Right. They'd be selling them out the wazoo, but that's insane. Well, the reason it kind of made sense to me with her is because she was like that with everything. If we went to like a hotel room, she'd have to bring her own sheets. She had to use her uh-huh. own towels. Like oh. she was just like that. So it made sense. My only issue with it was that she didn't offer to buy me a new bed because <laughs> <laughs> beds are are, are not cheap. So if I'm in this position and he felt this way and he wanted to buy me a new mattress, it wouldn't be a problem for me. Oh. So I got a weird take on this. All right. So if she wasn't in any kind of long-term relationship and she was using that mattress from time to time with some dude she might have dated for a month or two or three months, eh, I'm not, I, it's not bothering me at all. However, if there's a guy before me, they were living together, they have memories together, they were in love together, and they broke up, and this was where I was laying also, it would bother me a little bit. Not to the point of saying, like, you got to get rid of that mattress, but I'll be honest with you, it would bug me a little bit. It would bother me a little bit, too. Okay, but now let's, let's deep dive. He sat on that couch, and they used to watch, they used to Netflix and chill on that couch. He used that cereal bowl. He drank out of that cup. You can start going through the entire place and coming up with stuff that the other other dudes have used. It's all about he fluids. He sat on that Kristen, toilet seat. it's about fluids. All right, he sat on that toilet seat. Does she have to change out the toilet seat? Wrong fluid. It's true, though. I gotta get it. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just let the man buy you a new bed. No, Kristen. (laughs) Take the the free mattress, Kristen. Absolutely not. Are you looking for excitement? In Atlanta. Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, it's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, May I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So, of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match, and I got to enjoy delicious wine, and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base, because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Hey y'all, it's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and The Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival Charlotte FC with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a -a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride Towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. The Bird Show. Somebody on this show got absolutely blackout hammered in a very <laughs> inappropriate place. <laughs> 
And the only place we're talking about this is our bonus content, which is what we do every week. This is stuff you will not hear right here during the Burt Show. We have to put this on bonus. So you can find that at thebirtshow.com slash bonus BS. All right, why would you walk into this hornet's nest? Everything's going great in your relationship. Everything is fine in your marriage. There is no signs of infidelity whatsoever. So why would you try and test your man to see if he's messing around? Why, 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 why? Because then obviously everything isn't going, isn't all peachy and isn't going swell because there's a seed of doubt. Well, don't you think that if you are testing it, there is something going on and you're like, ah, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, right? I I would think so. Like if you are a hundred percent confident in your trust for your partner, there's absolutely no reason to ever create any sort of test. Is there anybody listening that your man or woman has never done anything at all, anything at all, to cause any kind of distrust? <clears throat> just as a gender, you don't trust him. <laughs> He's never done anything. It's just you don't trust men. So he's already guilty just because he's got a penis. one 855 Maybe it's just a curiosity thing. Like, you've always wondered what your partner would do if they were faced with this kind of choice or situation. Like, you know they're going to shut it down, but you want to know, like, how, how like, passionate they're going to get. Like, oh, I would never cheat on my woman. This says high backfire. <clears throat> Way high backfire right here. You actually wonder that. Like, often, like, that's a common thought when you're talking to somebody if they would, what, how they would react if they were tempted. Yeah, I want to see you shut down another woman. Man. I want to I see you humble that girl. <laughs> Thinking she can come from my man. <laughs> I say if things are going well, do not rock the boat in any way, shape, or form because you just might get what you're looking for. Kristen's got the email. Dear Burt Show, I need to use your War of the Roses, but not for reasons of infidelity. I basically need to figure out how little... My husband may actually care about me. Aw. I know that sounds pathetic. It does. It sounds it's just, no, it sounds sad. Oh. <laughs> this is not where I thought we were going with this at all. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be sad. Basically, it boils down to the fact that I have been married for eight years and have never received anything for Valentine's Day. Not a single rose or a box of chocolates. I've only gotten, uh, I've only even gotten a card one time. He always has an excuse. He forgot or they're a waste of money, etc. I really love to know if he would still overlook me on Valentine's Day if he was reminded with an offer of free flowers. That way he can't say he forgot or that they are a waste of money. Will you help? Oh, it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm over here so sad Let for me her. <laughs> I mean, I'm really sad for her. And I, I hope, okay, so I hope that you have expressed... And while it may not seem fair to us and that you wish the person would just inherently know that is not always the case. Sometimes you have to express your needs and not expect someone to read your mind and figure out what your needs are. So I hope there have been conversations in the eight years they've been married that that is important to you. Like um, gifts of love are part of your love language and that's important to you and that it has bummed you out that for eight years you've never received flowers and that you would like to receive flowers. Now, upon hearing that, of course you want him to do it on his own. Like, you don't want to have to tell somebody to do that. But, you know, sometimes we can't pick and choose how we want things to, to roll out. If you have expressed that to him and he still doesn't get you flowers or something... Mm. Ooh, that's a bigger discussion that needs to be had. Let's sidebar here for just a second. Mo, you and I, to guys. <clears throat> Even if your woman tells you, like, oh, my God, I don't like Valentine's Day. It's just a Hallmark pushed uh, holiday. Means nothing to me. I don't want anything. Don't get me anything at all. Dudes, at least get her a card. All right. Even if she says she's not buying into this whole thing, you cannot go wrong. You will not get into a fight by bringing her a card or a little something on Valentine's Day. I agree. I mean, I've I've come in here every year and told y'all that I am not the biggest fan of Valentine's Day at all. I never have been. I don't get it. But every time that I've been in a relationship, I have at least gone out my way to get some flowers. And if that was good enough, then good. Most of the time it was not. That's not the point. However, I at least did that. I do think you can at least do that. Was was that was Valentine's Day the year you got those individually wrapped rose petals? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. The, the, I remember the, that. The, the fake rose petals. Yeah. That were individually wrapped and I you was like so mad. 
<laughs> he ended up scattering Abby like maybe 11 rose petals on the floor. He got so perturbed by having unwrapped uh, these individually wrapped rose petals. They were supposed to go all around like the hallways and the, they went from the front door to the bed. That was, <laughs> that's all I had in me. Is there any place. such thing? I'm one, now, you know what? Now I'm really curious. Is there any such thing as a really bad Valentine's Day present? One eight five five Birchall. Like you oh. received a Valentine's Day present, and you just wish he would have gotten you nothing, or she got you nothing at all. What could be a bad? Even Moe's individually wrapped <laughs> rose petals. Oh no, that's funny. Could be yeah, it's funny, and it could be interpreted as oh, that's sweet. He's so clueless. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but is there one that would be offensive? Like guys aren't going out and getting you a vacuum for Valentine's Day, which we've heard of before on Christmas. That would be offensive. That would be offensive. Yeah, or like a mixer. Or something of that nature. Um, I think anything weight loss, like if you got mm. me a gym membership or something like that, I'd be like, what, what What? are you trying to get out here? Just stick to love. Yes. Right? Don't try to go off script here. But what could be on that line right there where it could be misinterpreted maybe where she's going to go like, absolutely not. That's terrible. Because um, those are obvious. I wouldn't be a fan of like, I, I would not be a fan of my husband gifting me lingerie. Because that's more for him than it is for me. That's a boomerang gift right there. Yeah, that stuff is not comfortable to wear. I mean, I wear oversized T-shirts to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes my Cookie Monster pajama pants. (laughs) Those are the sexy ones? Uh Uh-huh, yep. Uh, Here is Jamie. Good morning. You are on the Burt Show. Warn dudes right now, yes, you can mess up Valentine's Day by getting what? A flip phone necklace jewelry. (laughs) <laughs> a flip phone necklace jewelry. Explain. So we were on the phone, and I didn't realize he was at the jewelry store um, getting me a gift. I got mad at him because I, I was asking him something, and we just had an argument, and I hung up on him. And so he got the jewelry store that he was at, had a necklace that had just a little flip phone as the emblem, and it had a little diamond in it. So he got me that for Valentine's Day because I hung up on him. Oh, wow. Oh, so it was kind of an FU Valentine's Day gift. Kind of, yes. Okay. Not, not a lot of people get a gift for hanging up on somebody, though. That's, <laughs> that's not a bad day. He's kind of thoughtful. Yeah. Hey, Jasmine, good morning. What is a bad Valentine's Day gift? Yeah, my ex-husband would never gift me really anything. And then one year he gifted me like a prepackaged basket with like a tiny teddy bear and a mug and probably old chocolates and everything on it said number one teacher but I've never been a teacher good morning Jen what is a bad Valentine's Day gift worn dudes uh, my ex-husband, for a reason, got me hydroxy cut one year. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. That'll do it. Yep. Yes, we laugh about it now, but it wasn't very funny then. No, I, uh, yeah, no. I can't even believe you laugh about it now, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's not even funny now. <laughs> All right. Hydroxy cut. There you go. And T-shirts that say you're the best teacher, even though, like, you've never been a teacher. You've never taught a day <laughs> in your life. Right. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Oprah may be doing another tell-all interview with an A-lister who wants to tell his side of the story. But before we get into that, did you see that Toby Keith passed away? Uh, Toby, country music icon Toby Keith, he's passed away. Uh, it was announced this morning. He had stomach cancer that he revealed 18 months ago in June of 2022. He's talked about how it was a complete roller coaster. He told E! News, you get good days and you know, you're up and down, up and down. It's always zero to 60 and then 60 to zero. But I feel good today. And even recently, he had three sold-out shows in Vegas in December, and he said it was a damn good way to end the year, and I would say a pretty damn good way to end end, uh, your life as well. So he's kind of a Hall of Famer, right? Like, I'm a casual country music fan, but even I know that name, right? Yeah, yeah. Should have been a cowboy. I mean, he has so many iconic uh, country music songs. And as a country music fan, uh, I grew up listening to all of his his songs growing up. So I know this is a huge loss for anyone who loves country music. Even if you don't know anything about country music, you know the song Red Solo Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Um, And he was only 62, 62. So he was so young. So it's, it's really heartbreaking. But... 
Um, I know his family just wants privacy at this time, so we're going to give him that. All right, Justin Timberlake, he's saying that he would love for be, for people to be talking about his new music, but of course people are not over the Britney memoir where she spilled all of the details of their relationship. So now there's rumors going around the industry that he might try and do a tell-all interview with Oprah to try and clear the air. Sources are saying that Justin is really not happy with how things have gone down. He wanted his new music to speak for itself, but... That's clearly not happening. Justin had hoped the backlash would have blown over right now so that he could focus on it, uh, which is which is what he's very excited about. But every day, it's something new. So there's always a new story coming out about Britney. So I don't know. I think it's a bad idea. I don't think it turned out well for Harry and Meghan. Like, I, I would be shocked if Oprah even took the interview because I think she feels a little bit burned by that whole thing that... I think she would probably have a little bit of trust issues. Like, how can I trust that you're actually going to tell the truth, especially when Britney's already written it down and put it on paper? This just kind of feels below Oprah. I don't know. I don't think it does. I mean, just sort of, yeah, let me get your side of this past romantic thing. And I mean, has Britney been on Oprah? It just, it, uh, no, I don't think I don't think Britney's ever done a sit down with Oprah. She did one with Diane Sawyer, and they they just reamed Diane because that was years ago, and she did not handle that interview well. It just doesn't feel like there's enough depth here, really. So I, I don't know that she would do an interview just because she's trying to clear the air between two people. I feel like it, it would be below Oprah not because of necessarily what he's doing, but I, it, I, it just feels to me like the rollout wasn't as successful as they thought it would be because of all of the backlash that he took from his actions, and now you want to do this in order to try to save face, and then that's the part that I feel like it's just it's not going to go well for him. I don't think it's a good idea. While this might be beneath Oprah, somebody get word to Justin that this is right in our target. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it on. Yeah, we will take that interview for sure. I think to an extent. So I, I do agree. I do think it's below Oprah because it feels like, I don't know, Oprah to me is like a journalist and this feels like tabloid father, fodder. Mm-hmm. But I do think there would be a lot of depth to the interview, A, because it's one of the biggest celeb gets, period. So, I mean, Oprah, like she is a high caliber interviewer. But also, I mean, there were some really heavy heavy topics tackled in that memoir, like the termination of her pregnancy. And I think it would be really compelling, but it does feel like something that you would see more on like Mm -hmm. e-news rather than Oprah. All right. Y'all might want to turn up the AC in your cars because it's about to get steamy in here. (laughs) Usher has a new commercial with Skims and it is spicy. My name is U-S-H-E-R. Some call me Usher. What I do is entertain. I'm wearing Skims, cotton boxes. I feel good. The thing I like most about performing is the element of intimacy between me and an audience, the live experience. The inspiration of this new album, Coming Home, it's all about romance. It deals with love, happiness, it deals with joy. It's a love story, but it's romantic. Everybody's wearing skims. I'm coming home. The whole thing is so sensual. He's like in his underwear and he's like, there's an intimacy between me and the audience. I'm like, oh my God, Asher, I can't wait to see you on Sunday. He looks good. He looks real good. He looks he so does. good. He looks real good. He's a domestic terrorist. He's, he's, he's back in the game. Jason Momoa also has a commercial coming out that is on a complete opposite, uh, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It's a lot funnier. He's doing uh, a chicken wing spot for the big game. your shirt off. <laughs> so then Jennifer Beals from Flashdance uh, comes in at the end, so it's very, very funny. I, I miss watching the Super Bowl commercials for the first time I at know. the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, me too. Yeah, alright. Well, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, it's yeah. not on you. It's no, it like, is on you. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I've done this. Wow, Abby, thanks for giving us the spoilers for the commercials. <laughs> I'm with Kristen, I've done this was, for the past yeah. couple years, too, and just like, the fact that all of them come out beforehand, I was like... It just kind of loses the the, the pizzazz. Takes away from it, for sure. But you're also the worst, (laughs) (laughs) Abby. It is bad for ratings. I will give them that. But good for me. Uh, Did this singer predict their Grammy win 15 years ago? This clip from her old TV show may have foretold the future. It's on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. I'd say today is really the first day I am feeling the effects of weaning myself off this effectser. 
today's the first day. Like I've had mild irritations leading up to here, but today is like the first day where I don't feel like my brain has caught up to our conversations in a lot of ways. Um, so just to backtrack for a second, 20 something years when I started this show, I was so sketched out and so nervous and so scared of failure that I wasn't enjoying the process of starting the Burt Show at all. I couldn't sleep at night. Uh, I was so up in my head, so insecure 20 something years ago that if this doesn't work out, it's the first time that I'm getting a shot to host a show. If it doesn't go well, I'll never get a shot ever again. And I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little bit of pressure. <laughs> there was, right? So I was putting so much pressure on myself and I started to see a therapist. She's like, you know what, bro? You need to chill out. And clearly you don't have the tools to do that. So why don't we get you on this anti-anxiety effects? Or actually, I think at first you put me on Celexa, but there were some sexual side effects there that I was not happy with. <laughs> so we switched it on up to Effexor. And with Effexor, you start on the smallest dose, any one of these, I guess. You start on the smallest dose, and then you see how you feel on it, and then you increase it, correct? Correct. You guys have to do that also? I'm not on drugs. Ooh, we're going to change that. <laughs> Um, so with my Lexapro uh, prescription, which I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, and so um, I started taking that about six years ago, mm -hmm. um, started with 10 milligrams, and now I'm up to 15. Okay. And keep in mind here also, just as a sidebar, if you're just start, it's a frustrating process. Everybody's chemical makeup is so different. So when one friend comes up to you and says, Lexapro has been working great for me and I know you've been trying, you've been thinking about trying it, it might not work for you. And it is a long, frustrating process sometimes to get on the right one with the right dosage also. So don't give up on yourself if the first one has negative side effects. Anyway, so the Selexa wasn't working for me. I go with the smallest amount of Effexor, which was 37 and a half um, milligrams. And then I was supposed to go up from there, but it was just enough to take the edge off for me that I said to my doctor, I don't think I need to go up. And I didn't, I never did. So I stayed on 37 and a half and now we're talking about 20 something years. So I don't even know what life is like off of this or I, I can't remember why I got on it in the first place because I'm such a vastly different person now than I was 20 years ago, but it's become part of my routine and maybe even a safety net. And I just decided like, you know, I've got some stresses behind me now. I'm in a, I really feel like I'm in a great mindset and I'm trying to cleanse my body now. As I get older, I'm getting a little bit more in tune of uh, longevity and what's good for you and what's not. And I truly believe like there are, um, uh, what's the saying that uh, I heard a couple of months ago? It was like, there are no fixes. There are just trade-offs. So anything that you put in your body will help you in one area, but it's going to take from another area. That's just the way these drugs work. So now that I'm more in tune to that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to start weaning myself off of this just to see what the world is like without this 37 and a half milligrams in my body. I'm also giving myself some grace that when I'm off of it and I turn out to be the sketch, sketchy little bitch I was 20 years ago, <laughs> I'm getting right back on. <laughs> um, but I want to see what it's all about. So I was going to do it in January, but I also was giving up alcohol in January and one drug was plenty for a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baby steps, baby. So I conquered dry January and I didn't have a drink. And now here we are in February. So I've been slowly weaning myself. And I asked my doctor about it because I was going to pop in there. Are yours like those little itty bitty, um, like pills within a pill? No, mm -mm. it's not. My, mine's like, mine looks like a Tylenol or, or like a white Tylenol or white aspirin. Mine has all these like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like these little pebbles of sand? Yeah, pebbles of sand, right. Yeah, inside of it. So I was unscrewing it and then taking like 10 out and I was going to go that route for a while and my doctor's like, yeah, you can do that, but what a pain in the ass. And he also said, you're on such a small amount that if you just try to do it every other day, yeah. that you probably will be okay. But if not, then swing on back to me and we'll figure out something else. So for about a week now, I've been taking it every other day and I haven't had any side effects on it really at all. Maybe a little irritation, Tommy. Um, but other than that, really not much. 
Today is the first day where I'm just kind of feeling slow. I can't catch up to you guys with jokes. Uh, the filter that's in my head that tells me either tell this joke or don't tell this joke isn't there right now, so I'm just being really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got the brain fog going on. I got the brain fog going on. Yeah. So bear with me while I try to figure out what life is like without this thing, but I really don't feel like it's going to be all that different. So it hasn't been as bad as you thought it would be? Um. Listeners, you know, people just default to worst case scenario, right? So when I verbalized that I was going to be doing this, all the messages started coming in from horror stories about getting off of meds, that it was so bad. I got back on it. You'll have brain fog. Uh, You'll get stuck in like time moments where you won't understand if you're in this moment or that happened a couple of moments ago. So I was just sketched out enough to think like this was going to be really awful and it hasn't been. Okay. And it might be because I'm on such a low dosage also. Like don't listen to me and take my doctor's advice for me for you. Yeah. Because I'm on such a low dosage. Just don't go, you know what? Bert's doing it every other day. I should do it every (laughs) other day. (laughs) Oh man. It can be somewhat dangerous. This show does not have a doctorate. Right. <laughs> this is not the Burt Show, yeah, MD. So that's where I'm at right now. So if I'm a little sketchy for the next week while I'm getting off of it, you guys know why, okay? Bear Ready. with me. And I'm sorry in advance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, irritation I might have. Get it. The Burt Show. All right, so let's say you're in a perfectly healthy relationship. You're not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. But you do find yourself like when you're out flirting from time to time. Is it okay? Is it disrespectful? That's the email that we got this morning. I'm kind of wondering what you all think about this. Been with my boyfriend for two years now, and there's this one thing that's always really bothered me. He is a huge flirt with other girls. And I'm not talking about a little harmless banter, but, like, all the time. I've brought it up repeatedly to him, and he says it's totally innocent and harmless. He says there is nothing wrong with just being friendly and that he has never done anything wrong. He will also flirt with servers, bartenders, etc. Apparently, it's his way of getting discounts or free drinks. (laughs) (laughs) That don't work. Facts. Teach me the game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to be like overly possessive or anything, but it's starting to get to me. Is it cool for him to flirt with others when he's in a relationship? I don't know. Maybe I'm being too sensitive, but it feels a bit off. Try talking to him about it, but it's like talking to a wall. He's all about it being harmless fun. Am I overthinking this or is it flirting like a gray area in a relationship? I just need some thoughts on this because it's messing with my head. Thanks. I mean, if it bothers you, then it's a problem. And especially if he's doing it in front of you. Like, I will even say, like, I wouldn't say I'm as much of a flirt, but I do consider myself a little bit of a flirt. Um, overly, Some people overly friendly, however you want to put it. For what reason, you think? I, 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 that I don't know. I, and sincerely, I think it's just, I don't know if it's just part of your personality or where that stems from, um, a lack of attention as a child. I don't know, like, mm-hmm. where that comes from. But there's a reason why I do it. I haven't really, like, got 100% into it. I just know it, it is, like, in my DNA. Um, and I'm now that I am married and have a child, and I'm very cognizant of that, and I would never do anything to, like, be disrespectful of my husband or disrespectful of my relationship, um, well, isn't that disrespectful to your relationship just by nature? If you're out and you're flirting with somebody and giving the wrong impression to somebody, isn't that disrespectful? I feel like if he's there or not. Yeah. I, so I feel like flirting and being a flirt and maybe this is just semantic. I feel like it's two different things. Like I don't go out intentionally seeking to flirt with a person. I just like when I'm at a bar and I'm like, like even when I like a like a hand on a arm or something like that. Like that's just how I I talk to people, um, men or women, same thing. So and I'm not trying to skirt the issue or to like um, not take a accountability for my actions because I'm I pride myself on being somewhat self-aware and acknowledging like my attributes and my flaws. Um, So yeah, I do feel like I'm a little bit of a flirt, but I don't go out intentional. Like I don't go out to intentionally flirt or to, to flirt with other people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is a little bit of a difference there. I, I wish I knew exactly what he was doing that that she is considering flirting because I, I it's so subjective and I don't consider yeah. myself a flirter at all. But there's been times when I've been in relationships and like 
the the woman I'm dating will be like, you you was flirting with her. <laughs> and I'll be I felt like I was just being nice. Yeah. Like, and I didn't get it. Uh-huh. So that, I, that, I that's a different situation. That's yeah, a her thing. It's like a thin line, mm-hmm. but I, I just feel like it comes down to if if you make the person you are communicating with believe that they have a chance with you while you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. and to me that's when you've crossed the line mm-hmm. and that I would consider disrespectful. Yeah, and for him to do it in front of her, like man's got mm-hmm. some balls. So to the person that wrote this in, you've gotta start standing up for yourself because he obviously obviously thinks that he can get away with this because he's doing it in front of you. Because he's like, well, what is she going to do about it? She's not going to say anything. And there, I do think there is a difference if you're going to flirt with the server to get some free drinks. Like, okay, that's a skill. Mm-hmm. But if you're out and about and you're talking to the girl next to you who can do nothing for you because women are not out here buying you free drinks, mm-hmm. to me, that is going to feel more like infidelity rather than you just kind of like fluffing up the bartender a little bit to make sure that our shots get paid for. I totally agree with you. For some reason, if it's transactional, <laughs> go do your thing, girl. Yeah. Go ahead and get <laughs> yeah, that free yeah. drink. You're saving me a couple of bucks. Do your thing. But if she was flirting to get attention from dudes, it would be a larger red flag for me. Like, what is it? This attention-seeking, am I ever, first of all, I think, am, aren't I good enough for you? Are you ever going to be, feel like you're enough, or are you always going to have to get attention from other people to feel good about yourself? And that would be a huge red flag for me. Mm. Yeah, because there's a fine line there. Is like, you know, is this about you, or is this about her? And sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's one or the other. So I think you have to ask yourself, okay, like, is this something that he's dealing with or am I not giving him the attention that he's thinking mm-hmm. and there's some things I can change in our interactions that would fulfill that need to where he doesn't have to flirt as much or maybe he's just a big old D-bag flirt. Probably the latter. Which is probably it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. The Bird Show. All right, for soccer fans, even if you're not a soccer fan, actually, this is really big news here. Um, the World Cup, uh, in a couple of years, they, they've picked Atlanta for like seven different matches to be played here in Atlanta. Now, it doesn't even matter if you're a so- As a guy that's a soccer fan, I can tell you this, that even if you don't care about soccer at all, you want to go to these matches to feel like the international competition at a match like this and to be selected to have one of these matches in our city is a really big deal. It's a huge honor. A huge honor. And it will be the place to be. Who cares even who's going to be playing in it? But for Mercedes-Benz to get picked as one of those stadiums is a really big deal. Start saving now. <laughs> that's a lot of matches, too. Yeah. Eight of them? That's a whole lot of matches. I think they said, like, the championship is going to be in Dallas. We don't care about that. No matter. We don't care about that. We got plenty of matches here in Atlanta, and that's pretty cool. All right, so um, ever since I saw Jay-Z's speech at the Grammys when he received that specialty award from Dr. Dre and how he called out the Grammys and had his wife, I don't know if you've heard of her, Beyonce's, back on stage, um, it got me digging. So in case you missed it, I just thought kind of what a, what a, even if you disagreed with him taking it there, what a beautiful moment of a man supporting his wife and to have his daughter on stage, Blue Ivy was there to witness it all. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys, never won album of the year. That doesn't work. <laughs> you know, some of you, some of you going to go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you may get robbed. Some of you don't belong in the category. Um, so I did a little digging and I was like, let's try to research some things that dads can do to be good role models for their kids, mm-hmm. right? And I found this article on fatherly.com. Um, Adam Bulger is the um, is the author, and it is behaviors, seven behaviors dads should stop doing. Mm. Um, in front of their kids. And so we're just going to go through some of them. So Dr. Zubair Khan is a child psychologist, um, psychiatrist, excuse me, and said kids are sponges. They pick up everything in their environment, everything they hear and observe from their parents. Mm -hmm. I've actually talked to my husband about this as far as like even the energy, like being mindful of our energy around Jimmy because they absorb that. 
And so uh, child development experts say that once parents become mindful of how their actions affect their kids' behavior, dads can model healthy habits for their children. So here are some of the common behaviors that we can model for our kids and how we can be more mindful. So yeah, while this our article was targeted for dads on fatherly, uh, it's, it's for both set of parents, mm-hmm. right? So poor communication about emotions. Khan notes that dads often have a hard time being open with feelings and emotions. We sort of have unfortunately normalized not sharing our vulnerabilities. Why it's harmful? When parents don't talk through what they're feeling, they discourage their kids from expressing themselves in a healthy way. When kids don't learn to express themselves, it can cause them to later on to become anxious or sad. So how to correct this? If you or your spouse is going through something bad, don't hide it from your kids. It's okay to acknowledge that mommy or daddy might be feeling upset because they had a bad day. And then comfort them and say that even though we had a bad day, we know that it's going to be fine. So I think being transparent with your kids, I know, I think you innately want to shield them Mm -hmm. from anything bad or negative, but that's not life and bad stuff and negative things happen. So you need to teach them how to cope with that rather than to shield it from it. You know what dysfunction I think I passed down from my dad? Because my dad was one of these like, boys don't cry kind of things. Um, I don't think my kids have ever seen me cry. And if they have, it's like once or twice. Uh, and I wish I would have been more vulnerable in front of them in that area. Yep. Real men cry, man. I think I went through that with my dad as well. I think a lot of my communication issues, um, the majority of my life have come from my dad just came from that era where men didn't cry. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you weren't vulnerable. You didn't show emotion. And I, I had to learn. That was like a learned behavior because I, I didn't see that in my household. All right, so next on the list, flying off the handle when you're stressed or angry. So this is where... And you laugh at the gentle parenting, but this is just about trying to keep yourself in check, right? So everyone gets frustrated. Everybody gets angry at times. Your kids are going to do stuff that are gonna, like, that's going to push you over the edge. And it's how we handle these emotions that matter. We don't want to teach our kids it's okay to be verbally aggressive or physically aggressive. We want them to talk about um, talk about how they're feeling angry or frustrated and come up with ways to calm down. So why it's, why it's harmful, if your kids start screaming every time things don't go their way, your parenting life is going to be hell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And like how to correct it, make a conscious effort to show your kids how to work on lowering your frustration and handle stress in healthy, appropriate ways. So Jimmy woke up from his nap yesterday and it w- he woke up on the wrong side of the crib. We were having big struggles. So trying, you know, and it it can seem like it's falling on deaf ears, but I can promise you with repetition is key. We worked on our breathing. You know, I'm not telling him like to stop crying, to stop whining, anything like that. I'm like, okay, let's, you got to get it out. Let's get it out. Let's breathe. And you just kind of have to work through stuff. I know it seems so like. No, it's beautiful. It's just when I was growing up, like you didn't, as a kid, you didn't have a choice of being angry. Like you didn't have the right to be angry yet because you hadn't experienced anything, Mm -hmm. you know? But see, that's the thing, like (laughs) we're all human, including kids. Mm -hmm. And they're allowed to have, their bad days aren't the same as our bad days because they haven't experienced life uh, like we have, but they're they're entitled to have an off day like we all do. So Treat them the way you want people to treat you if you're having an off day. See, my dad was a little different than you. He would give me, he would literally say, you've got 30 seconds. No. Oh, you got 30 you seconds. You got 30 seconds to cry. Okay. You got 30 seconds to be all upset. You're on the clock. Yeah, my, my, my dad was like, I'll give you a reason to actually be angry. No. And then- <laughs> All right, next, holding things in until you boil over. Um, Chloe Carmichael, a psychologist and author, notes that men often resist acknowledging when they're kind of upset or irritated by little things. So then it builds, it builds, it builds, and then you just (laughs) explode. Yes. Um, So why it's harmful when you grin and bear it until you explode. You don't get credit for all the grin and bearing. Only the explosion draws attention. Mm. And then how to correct it, learn to communicate at lower levels of irritability. So Nip it Mm -hmm. in the bud. Mm -hmm. Don't want to sit there and fester. (laughs) Nip it in the bud. Um, Next is swearing. I may or may not agree with this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your kids' ears don't close up when you emit certain four-letter words. (laughs) Why it's harmful. 
Um, swearing may seem to be a small issue. It can become a harmful habit when toddlers and young children are near <laughs> developmentally. Children learn language by listening and replacing what they hear from trusted adults. Like, yeah, Jimmy's a parrot. I mean, you should have heard him say exclamation point yesterday. It was so freaking cute after I said it. <laughs> um, but it says try coming up with a replacement word that you can use or implementing a swear jar. I think if you use it fun and not in anger, it's it's it's. I'm going to say it's okay. <laughs> and that's coming from the non-psychiatrist psychologist. My ex-wife will throw around F-bombs quite a bit. Um, she cusses quite a bit. And I have 50% custody with my 16-year-old. And I can tell when he's been with her for four straight days <laughs> that his language is vastly different than when he's with me. All right. There's a handful of more. Uh, and that one of them is really, really important. So I'll get to him tomorrow. It's the Bird Show. Get it. The Bird Show.